and welcome to Commissioner in the Car. Hi, I'm Dustin Zarni, uh, Onondaga County Elections Commissioner, Democrat, and also I'm uh, uh, your uh, uh, host for today's uh, Commissioner in the Car. Uh, I hope that you can hear me. I'm here. I'm not in my car uh, today. I'm here uh, in my office um, at home as I'm at a work from home day and it's too cold to go in the car. So that's why I'm here today uh, talking in my office. Also, I wanted to have some stuff on hand uh, to be able to answer your questions. Um, so uh, today is uh, uh, Tuesday. It is February 9th. And uh, we are looking at uh, the oncoming of the second Fall in Love with Your Party Day. That's uh, this Sunday, February 14th, is the deadline for changing your party in New York. And, uh, and, and all, uh, so uh, what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean for you uh, as uh, someone who wants to change your party and how do you do that? Well, last year, um, uh, Assemblyman John, Jacobs and, uh, John Jacobson and uh, Senator Brian Kavanaugh sponsored legislation to change the way that you can change parties in New York. It used to be that you had to wait a whole year for your party change to become effective, that you had to change your party in October of the previous year to be able to walk petitions or a vote in a primary in that party um, and um, in, in the next year. So, but that got changed before COVID. Uh, this was something that was changed in January of last year. And it, that date was moved to February 14th. And it is on February 14th. Valentine's Day, uh, for every year, where which is the party deadline, uh, or the deadline for, um, for changing your party. However, there is a slight catch to that, because when they changed the law to February 14th, they kept the received by portion of the law in place. So unlike voter registration or absentee ballots, or other things that are done by postmark. This is a received by date, which means that the boards of elections have to receive your form by February 14th to have you have your party change effective for 2021. However, this year, February 14th falls on a Sunday, and many boards of elections, including the Onondaga County Board of Elections, is not open on a Sunday. Uh, so uh, that that means, in, in, in essence, since we do not receive mail over the weekend, uh, the received by date will pass. So we need to have those forms in our office by Friday, February 12th at 4.30 p.m. That is when we close our office uh, for the weekend. And some offices around New York State are closed on Friday because of the holiday on Monday. And of course, then some offices are closed on Monday because of the holiday uh, as well. We in Onondaga County treat that as a floating holiday, which means our offices are open uh, on Monday and Friday. Um, so, you're there, so you have to have that form physically in by uh, Friday, February 12th, for us in uh, Onondaga County to be able to change that uh, um change that form and, and change your party in time to vote in this year's primary or in time to walk petitions 
in March. Um, there is another way to change your party, and that's through my DMV. And you actually have until uh, Saturday the 13th for that at midnight because they email that um, form to us uh, the next day, and thus uh, it will be received by the board uh, on, on Sunday, February 14th, even though the office is not open, and thus uh, qualifies for the party change. Is this confusing? It absolutely is. Should it change the postmark? I personally believe that that should be the case. However, that did not happen this year, um, and I will continue to advocate for that to happen in future years. So if you are thinking about changing your party, I suggest coming straight down to the boards of elections in your county and filling out a form in their office or doing it at my DMV as soon as possible, but definitely before Friday or if you're doing it on my DMV before Saturday. But I definitely would not wait until the last minute uh, because if that form is not transmitted by DMV to the uh, boards of elections, then it may not uh, be accurately uh, counted for next year. And it wouldn't be the boards of elections' fault. This is what the law states. And uh, we do have to follow the law. Um, so that party change date is always February 14th. That's why I call it fall in love with your party day uh, in New York. And uh, it's your time to change. You can change each year. Yeah, there is no prohibition on it. So you can switch from year to year to year. Uh, this year, we expect a lot of primaries inside the city of Syracuse. Um, and maybe even in a few of the county uh, legislature races uh, on the Demo on the Re Democrat and Republican side. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, and uh, we'll uh, uh, keep you updated. We won't know whether there's primaries until around uh, March 25th when the petitions are turned in. Um, so that is uh, what uh, we are uh, looking at. John Tierney asked a question uh, in our chat. He says, has there been any appreciable numbers of GOP enrollees changing since January 6th? Well, it's hard to tell, uh, John, because um, normally boards of elections are way behind in February uh, with processing registrations. We have a, uh, and in Onondaga County is no different. Uh, we are about 10,000 registration forms behind. Um, and most of that is from the DMV. And that's because in, in the middle of doing an election, so from October 3rd through the end of certification, which was middle of December, we cannot process any voter registrations. So people are still changing their addresses. People are still changing, uh, updating their, their registrations with us. And uh, it takes us a while to get to those. We have to get caught up again by the time we have our next election. Um, and uh, that will be in June. And so uh, the, when the June, when the May, I think it's May 29th deadline is up, we have to get uh, caught up before we go to early voting in the June primary. So in many times we will be behind right up until that, right up until the day before. Although I will say that in Onondaga County, we have always caught up and got done uh, by that time period. We put in 12 hour days, we do overtime, um, to get that done. So we are actually have found some grant money and are bringing in a couple of temporary staff in March to help us uh, get caught up. Uh, we really want to get caught up by March 25th, if possible, because that's when petitions are in. Um, 
but uh, we and we have to start ruling on petitions. But we, you know, again, normally it's not something that is uh, totally caught up uh, during that time period. So we're still working on catching up. So I can't tell you whether there's been any appreciable numbers of GOP enrollees changing since January 6th. I can tell you that we did our snapshot in February um, for Onondaga County. Uh, we posted it yesterday on the Onondaga County Board of Elections. And uh, looking at that data, uh, Democrats are continuing to enroll at a higher pace in Onondaga County. We are now at 311,000 uh, voters in Onondaga County. And uh, almost two to one, the registration since Election Day that we have processed have been Democrats and Republicans. I don't know the date exactly, but I don't believe we're uh, in the post-January 6th portion of that quite yet, or not many days into that. I think what we'll know is by April, is whether there's been a noticeable drop-off in voter registrations in New York and in Onondaga County because of the insurrection on January 6th. We've seen that those numbers coming out of other states, and it's possible that we'll see that coming out of uh, uh, in Onondaga County as well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether that is in the suburbs, whether that is in the city, or whether that is in the rural portions of our county. Um, and so, you know what, let me do a plug right now. As you know, each week I do a Wonky Wednesday uh, article about uh, voter registrations. And right now I'm in the towns. I posted Camillus and Cicero in the, each of the last two weeks. And tomorrow I'll be uh, posting something about Clay, uh, the big town, the big boy. Uh, Clay is our biggest town, and I'll be posting that tomorrow on my Tumblr blog. Of course, it'll be on all my social media streams as well. So I hope uh, you take a look at that. Uh, so I don't see any more questions in the chat. If you have any questions about things that, I, uh, that you want me to cover election-wise, I'm happy to talk about it. But while I wait for some questions to come up, I'm going to talk about New York 22 um, and give you some final thoughts that I have about that. This has been a wild ride watching New York 22 from the outside. Uh, I am not a commissioner in that, uh, um, in that district and uh, a close race between Claudia Tenney, who is now the apparent winner, and uh, Anthony Brindisi has gone back and forth uh, as uh, in court about who was in the lead and who wasn't, and a lot of different things came out in court uh, regarding this election. And I do think it points out some holes in our system and some needed legislation that needs to come to address these holes and reform many of the ways that we do boards of elections and how we count absentee ballots. That being said, I do have to point out that most of the counties in this district, even though some had some small mistakes, performed admirably when dealing with counting absentee ballots in the middle of an unprecedented number of absentees, as well as an unprecedented number of challenges from both campaigns, and also, but mostly the Tenney campaign, but also uh, a uh, unprecedented number uh, in doing this all during a budget shortfall and a pandemic. Um, so even the, so the mistakes that were made, I sum up into three different categories. 
You have the first category of mistakes that are made in every election and were properly count, caught and, and, and rectified during the, the certification process. And then you have a second category of mistakes that were, um, that were made uh, that, that really point out the need to change elections and in the way we count absentees and, and deal with post-election challenges. And then finally, the third category is the failure of the Oneida County Board of Elections to follow the law uh, and the law that is in place. And it's almost germanely solely on the Oneida County Board of Elections in this race uh, where these issues came up, where this category came about. So I'm gonna deal with the first category, which is the normal amount of mistakes that would, that would be rectified and caught in a certification. What is a certification? Well, many people don't understand that the Board of Elections, when they post their uh, counts on election night, those are uncertified uh, results, meaning they're unofficial. And we have a 30-day, uh, you know, so, sometimes longer, depending on court procedures, like we saw in New York 22, about 30-day process after the election day that we go through and we double-check everything. And in that time period, you are going to find mistakes. And that is what that time period is for. The fact that mistakes happen is not abnormal. It's that the county boards of elections caught those mistakes and fixed them in those certified times. But there was a hyper amount of intense pressure on these boards and a spotlight on these boards. So these are mistakes that normally would get caught and fixed in a post-certification process. But because of this hyper amount of attention, it was brought to the public's uh, eye. Things like finding the ballots in Chautauqua County, things like uh, a, a tabulation error in Herkimer County. These are normal mistakes. Should they have happened? No, mistakes should never happen. But that's why the certification process is in place, because we do double check our work, triple check our work, quadruple check our work to make sure that we have accurate amounts. These mistakes that have been brought up are mistakes that normally happen in an election and then are rectified. And that is why we have a bipartisan board of elections there to double check everything that the other side does to make sure that we get accurate results. So the fact that those types of mistakes were brought up in New York 22 are not abnormal and not any cause for alarm. It's the fact that they caught these mistakes, those boards caught them themselves, re reported them to the court and fixed them. That is the proper way to do it. Then the second category of mistakes, or not even mistakes, is uh, abnormalities that were found because of the way we do elections in New York. In New York, we hold all absentees until after post-election day. And this is because up until 2020, New York has been an in-person voting state. We didn't have a, a you needed a, an excuse to get an absentee. It was a hyper small amount of ballots when compared to the overall total that would go into the absentees. And thus you wouldn't have uh, a lot of attention on them unless the race was hyper close. Well, in 2020, about a quarter of our ballots were uh, done by absentee ballot. That meant every race had attention on it. Every race swamped, and they were hyper-polarized this year because of the rhetoric that came out of the Trump campaign 
and the National Republican Party uh, urging their voters to not vote by absentee, but to vote in person. And that saw this big swing where Democrats were voting by absentee uh, in higher numbers to protect themselves from the virus. And Republicans were voting uh, on election day in higher numbers. And that's where we saw these large radical swings. So when you have this large amount of absentee ballots that are coming in post-election day, then uh, we really needed to update our challenge laws. And our, uh, because when you're having the thousands upon thousands of challenges, uh, systems that worked in the past, um, like spreadsheets and uh, clip-ons and all of these other things that we've used and used effectively in the past, were overwhelmed. And this is where the New York State Legislature and the State Board of Elections needs to come in um, and provide standardization uh, by law uh, to how boards of elections deal with post-election challenges. That's my opinion anyways, but I believe it's shared by most commissioners uh, that a proper guideline where each county isn't making up their own decisions on when they open, how they open, how they record a challenge, and what and and and, and so on and so forth. A lot one of the bigger examples of that is Sticky Gate in Oneida County. And I actually don't give them a lot of uh, grief over that because while it seems in hindsight to be a uh, truly um, you know bad decision, uh, it was a decision made in, in absence of any real uh, ability to look back and see how you do things in the past. And on the dark, you know, a lot was made that they didn't, that the judge made a lot of, uh, um, a, you know, a lot out of that when challenges were made, they weren't written on the ballot in and of itself. Well, I can tell you in Onondaga County, we don't do that either. Uh, and in fact, no county does that because there's too many challenges to actually hand write challenges on each ballot itself. That system was designed and put into law when we were canvassing absentee ballots at the polling places on election night and not uh, at the Board of Elections later on. And so it envisioned inspectors doing that with a small amount of ballots on election night. And that hasn't been done since 2007, since we went to the new uh, scanning systems uh, here at the you know, in uh, in New York State. So, um, but the failure to update that challenge law in the last 13 years didn't really matter all that much because we didn't have that many challenges. Uh, and uh, the challenges, uh, you know, because we didn't have that many absentee ballots. So it's definitely, that is, those failures, how we count absentee ballots, whether we wait till after election day, and how we deal with the challenges that are, hyperpartisan and uh, put these voters at risk with having their ballots not counted uh, through really sometimes no fault of their own. That's something that the legislature needs to address. And the New York State Elections Commissioner Association uh, devised a series of recommendations on how to do that and um, sent that to the legislature uh, over the last uh, 10 days. And I know that they're uh, going to make decisions on how to do how to deal with counting absentees and doing challenges in the future. Uh, also, we're seeing the no-fault absentee constitutional amendment being put forward. So that'll be a way for the voters to uh, have input on this as well, and whether we want this in the future. So that those types of mistakes 
are uh, are there. And now I have to deal with the third mistakes. Uh, that's failure to follow election law, and uh, to the point of uh, uh, true uh, dereliction of duty. And that's the Oneida County Board of Elections. I have nothing personally against the commissioners there. Uh, I, I feel for them, they were dealing with COVID and budget crisis uh, throughout all of the pandemic, like all commissioners were. And, but at the end of the day, you cannot, you cannot do, make the decisions that were made there that were made. Um, this is going to be shown as an example uh, going forward of uh, what not to do uh, when running out of time. Uh, and all boards of elections are running out of time. Uh, and, and in every election, and we're understaffed, and we need more staff because we're dealing with more voter registrations than ever before, and more. Uh, and, and, and elections are happening quicker because we start on early voting ten days before election day, so we've lost already ten days of uh, processing time that we would have had in the past. So when um, a board of elections is uh, running out of time, they need to find a way to either. Get the job done through overtime, or ask for help, and, and at least notify uh, the parties involved where they're at. Um, in the case of the United County Board of Elections, it seems that about 2,400 voter registrations that were properly uh, submitted through the Department of Motor Vehicles at the end of the election were never properly uh, entered into the United County Board of Elections system. Uh, they testified that they ran out of time, didn't have time to do it. Um, the things that bother me most about that was that it was not until late December, early January that we even found out about it. It wasn't even found out about it by uh, the board coming forward, but a clerk coming forward and saying what happened. And that is um, problematic. Um, and so I do hope that that is... Uh, understood that this is not something that happens in every board of elections. In fact, I would say I've never heard of anything like this happening in any board of elections. In my eight years as commissioner, my three years as caucus chair, um, it, it is a not a, dis, I, I, I reject the notion that this happens everywhere. And I know for a fact our board works 12-hour days to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, and uh, so that was a problem. And also, the other problem was another law that was not followed was the universal transfer law that was put in place in uh, 2019 or registration portability that allowed uh, people to move uh, and update their voter registration uh, by affidavit on election day, no matter where they were in New York State. They didn't have to move within the county, they could do it within New York State. And the Oneida County Board of Elections failed to follow that law when, when canvassing their affidavit ballots, which, which uh, resulted in about another 700 or 800 voters um, having their affidavit ballots initially, initially rejected. Now, those, now Judge Dale Conti did act to resolve those issues. He ordered the Oneida County Board of Elections to register all the people that were not registered and then re-canvass the, the affidavit ballots. And he also ordered them to apply the universal transfer law to the affidavit ballots that were rejected. And that resulted actually in an increase in the lead for Claudia Tenney. Uh, so some of these people who 
go around saying that these laws are meant to help Democrats over Republicans. Uh, in this case, the failure to adhere to these laws actually hurt Claudia Tenney, not Anthony Brindisi. So um, it is, um, you know, it is worrisome that this has happened. And I do believe the United County Board of Elections needs to be held accountable. And there's a lot been talked about that the county legislature had already reappointed them. Um, and that is true. Uh, they, they act, and that points out another flaw in our system. Why boards of elections are asked to be reappointed right in the middle of election season, as opposed to maybe over the summer, um, when uh, we're not in the middle of doing elections. That is a reform that needs to be taken into place. However, the calls for reform to totally scrap our bipartisan board of election system is wrong-headed. It is not, uh, it is not going to resolve the problem. It doesn't matter whether who is driving a car if you're not putting the proper gas in the car and the proper budgets behind them as well. So, uh, you know, painting all boards of elections with this one brush of the, of the mistakes of the United County Board is not helpful. And it's not going to resolve the problem. And it's definitely not going to resolve it in the short term as a constitutional amendment to change the way the boards of elections are populated would have to go into effect, and it could take three to five years for that to happen. And it's not really known whether the voters would even uh, agree to that. And it's also not known whether the legislature would. So I have always suggested reform. I'm a reform advocate. I'm a friend of the Let New York Vote Coalition. Uh, and I often get into sparring matches with even my own fellow Democratic commissioners and definitely with Republican commissioners about how far New York needs to go in reforming their election laws and how quickly. That being said, the bipartisan model of elections commissioners is a model that I believe is important and better than the other models that are out there in uh, other states. Other states have issues too. We see the amount of litigation in Georgia, Arizona, all of these other states uh, that are partisan boards of elections where elected county clerks are making decisions and changing decisions year to year based on partisan control of the boards of elections. We've also seen uh, other boards that are totally dominated by one party or another, um, maybe making wrong decisions because they don't have the input of both parties. I think the New York State Board of Elections and also I think there's six other states that have these bipartisan boards of elections uh, has a lot of benefit to it. The benefits are that no matter what campaign you are, you have a person at the Board of Elections, Democrat or Republican, that you can go to and get proper information and be assured that, uh, that uh, you will be heard. Um, so uh, that, that, is, that is important. Now, Judith, you, you're putting in there, what about making it competency-based instead of party-based? Well, who decides what the competency base is? Boards of elections and elections commissioners, it's not a cottage industry of this. And, uh, and, and the people who have the most experience are the people that are involved with the parties. They're the people that are involved with the campaigns. They understand how elections work. Uh, and also, you know, civil service-based institutions have their problems as well. I don't, I don't know if anybody, you know, has gone to the DMV, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems that any civil service-based uh, institution has. 
having election professionals that are dedicated uh, to the boards of elections doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be party-based or uh, civil service-based. It means that you need to have proper guidelines and also proper funding and proper laws in place to make to hold them accountable. And then when people uh, make mistakes, to actually hold them accountable as well. So I believe that bipartisan boards of elections are good. And I also believe the system, for the most part, puts in people that are competent people that have the necessary uh, skill set to be able to learn the job, because it is not a job that you can train for in the private sector, and have the dedication to getting it done. So I believe in the bipartisan board of elections, but where New York State can act, they should. And New York State can set up modern election laws with guidelines that need to be followed and not suggestions. For example, early voting. Many of the New York State legislature were upset that some boards only did the bare minimum of New York of early voting instead of doing more. Well, in a time of budget constraints, um, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of pull, pushback from the counties, uh, and uh, uh, and that is um, that is that is problematic. Uh, so, if you want us to do early voting sites, a minimum number of early voting sites, set that as the minimum. Don't tell us what the minimum is, and then get upset that we're not doing more. And Judas, I am going to push back on this. It currently is often based on party loyalty, not necessarily on competency. I understand your issue with the Oneida County Board of Elections. Um, and But uh, party loyalty and competency don't necessarily uh, come into play as much, or I'm sorry, party loyalty does not necessarily come into play as much as you think. Uh, boards of elections, I know them. I work with them. They're some of the most competent people uh, in elections I know. Uh, so yes, there are going to be bad apples in every bunch, and they they should be held accountable. But uh, you know, and I and I sometimes I'm I get upset when parties replace competent boards of elections uh, personnel. That happened a couple of times this year in in places which I disagree. However, that doesn't mean that the next person that they're putting in place isn't just as competent. Uh, you know, so that there's a lot of qualifications thrown out there, but. I think I do a pretty good job as an elections commissioner. I think I'm engaged and active. I don't think anybody would say that uh, I had necessarily traditional qualifications coming into the job. Because, again, the job defies traditional qualifications. There's no school for election management. It's done by learning on campaigns. There's no school uh, for this, and there's barely any training. So usually if a board of elections uh, commissioner is not competent. They are replaced um, by one party or the other. And uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the situation in Oneida has gone on as long as it has. So um, another thing that can be done is we need to look at funding of boards of elections. Counties starve these boards of elections. Uh, they are the least amount of, of money thrown per uh, citizen helped uh, you know, we, 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 do, we interact with hundreds of thousands of voters each year, and uh, we are doing it at about a rate of 4 to $8 uh, 
per voter uh, in, in Onondaga County. And it's worse than some, not many. I think only one or two it's worse than. And, um, and, and, and even the ones that have uh, a lot of money don't necessarily have enough uh, budget to get this done. And there's a wide variety of how we, we budget these because we leave it up to the county leg legislature to come up with the budget and then tell the commissioners, well, you're supposed to get the job done no matter what, so you have to spend no matter what you, what, what is in your budget, which leads to friction with the county legislature, which appoints the boards of commissioners. A standard level of funding needs to be set, knowing the minimum amount of work that we have to do as a board of elections now that all these reforms have come into place. That is something that needs to happen. It only can happen through the New York State Legislature. So if you want reform, you should talk to your state senators and assembly people and talk to them not just about how boards of elections are picked that may or may not uh, change for the next five years, but how we fund them and how we change the laws to give the, the current boards of elections guidelines to operate effectively. So I do hope that um, the New York 22 situation uh, kind of point, points out let's say in the right direction and not scapegoating all elections commissioners as opposed to looking at the issues that were happening in a certain board of elections and then finding ways to help the other 56 boards of elections that are out there um, and, and making sure they operate uh, efficiently and are funded to be able to carry out their mission. So that's the end of my rants on New York 22. Uh, uh, on Thursday, I will be posting a Zoom with Zarni with No Ink. Uh, no Ink is our poll pad vendor. And, uh, they, uh, I, and they also operated in Georgia and all, some of these other places. And um, they're nationwide, they're one of the largest uh, electronic poll book vendors out there. And they're the ones in Onondaga County. So I will be posting that on Thursday. Um, it's going to be a great interview, I hope. I haven't had it yet, but I'm sure it will be. Uh, and, and I'm going to start doing some of these interviews with election vendors that uh, we use in Onondaga County so you can see the kind of dedication that these vendors have uh, in getting uh, this work done. Because a lot has been made about election of vendors uh, in the post-election um, process on the national scale. And I hope uh, to be bringing a few of those in. I'm actually going to be scaling down my Zoom and Zarnies for the next uh, couple of weeks, probably the next few months, going down to one a week instead of two a week. Um, and then after April, when we know who the candidates are, I'll probably be going back up to two a week so you can get some interviews with some of the Democratic candidates that are out there that are going to be on the ballot this fall. Uh, and, and so it's going to be just on Thursday. No Sunday Zoom with Zarnies going forward just on Thursday until April. Uh, but I'll still be doing my Tuesday Commissioner in Car, and again Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday, I'll be dropping a wonky Wednesday for the town of Clay, uh, and, uh, and, and that is going to be the big boy, uh, the, the biggest town in Onondaga County. We'll be looking at the registration uh, uh, activity in that town over the last uh, 12 years. And I think it's going to be uh, interesting to look at. So thank you very much. And uh, remember, party change deadline is this Friday. If you want to uh, change your party, please have that form into the boards of elections by Friday or into the DMV online by midnight on Saturday. Thank you very much. 
and I'll see you uh, around. Bye-bye.